Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. Create a brighter future with a savings plan from Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Now the Irish Defence Forces will train members of the Ukrainian Armed Forces in a new EU mission following a cabinet decision today. Tónisha and Minister for Defence, Michal Martin, described the move as an important signal of Ireland's unwavering support for and solidarity with Ukraine. Up to 30 members of the Defence Forces will participate in the training, which will happen in other EU member states. Lisa Chambers is a Fianna Fáil senator and a former second lieutenant in the uh, Reserve Defence Force. Mick Barry is a Socialist Party and Solidarity TD. You're both very welcome to the programme. Lisa Chambers, can I turn to you first of all and read you one of the texts we've got uh, already on this issue. John in Cork says, under no circumstances should Ireland send army personnel to aid Ukraine. It's clearly in breach of this country's military neutrality, says John. What's happening? Uh, well, the government today approved uh, up to 30 Defence Forces personnel uh, to go towards the newly established European Union Military Alliance mission, which essentially is basically training Ukrainian soldiers. So we are not sending troops on the ground in Ukraine in, in case people are concerned about that. What we're doing is participating in overseas training in other member states where our highly qualified and highly skilled uh, Defence Forces personnel will train Ukrainian soldiers to allow them to continue uh, the defence of their country against the illegal invasion by Russia. Um, we already do overseas training um, in other countries, in particular the UK. We often send Defence Forces personnel there to do some training. They come to us. So this isn't a, a brand new departure So you said such. other member states. Where exactly <coughs> will they go? We don't have details yet of what member states will facilitate the training. Uh, it will be in member states where they opt in to do so. So no member state will be doing this unless they want to do in it. In the European Union, is that what yes, you mean? Yes, okay. in the European Union. But it, there, there'll be, as far as I'm aware, as it stands, there'll be no training taking place in Ireland. But we will be sending up to 30 personnel to other member states to facilitate training in that location. And training them to do what? Well, training them in, in military skills, um, that's yet to be decided. We don't have the full details, um, but obviously we know what armed conflict looks like. Um, we know what's happening on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, Ukrainian citizens, innocent men, women and children are dying mm-hmm. uh, on a daily basis. So, so, so training we know the, the task of, at hand. Weaponry and military equipment, is that it? P- potentially, okay. um, but there will be more to it than that. There's, of course, communications, there's signals, there's transport. There's a lot more uh, okay. to a military operation than just what, what okay. you've mentioned. Mick Barry. Right or wrong? Wrong, I think. Um, um, I feel quite strongly on that. So what is happening is that there are actually three training operations. Uh, One is being organised by the US. One is being organised by the UK. And the third one is being organised by the EU. Uh, The EU um, training mission says it will provide ammunition, military equipment and platforms designed to deliver lethal force for defensive uh, uh, purposes. Now, it's clear that there is a line being crossed here. The government are saying we're only taking small steps, it's only 30 people, it's only training, but you can cross a line with small steps. This, uh, Lisa is right, it isn't the first time the Irish Defence Forces have been involved in training, but it certainly is the first time that the Irish Defence Forces have been training a force involved in a war between uh, nations. When you say uh, a, a Martin line says, is crossed, what do you mean? <laughs> well, Michal Martin has said that uh, Ireland uh, is not politically neutral, but Ireland is militarily neutral. And I think that line is being crossed here. Ireland is training a military force uh, 
that is involved uh, in a war. And it is doing it in an undemocratic way. Because so I'll, I'll come to that in just a second, because that's an important point as well. Are, are we no longer militarily, militarily neutral, Lisa? Uh, well, Mick is correct in that we are um, we are militarily neutral and that we are not participating in an army. We are not sending troops on the ground in Ukraine. Then there is there is a, a big difference in providing training in other member states to actually sending troops on the ground. Says They're not who? the same thing. Um, well, it, it, I think it's just factually correct to say it's not the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. But there, it, does it does it mean it's not the same thing to such an extent that it will be interpreted by everyone listening here? that it's not participation, that it's still neutrality. Well, look, I'm not expecting everybody to agree, um, but I do think that the vast, vast majority of the Irish people support the government's continuation of its unwavering support for Ukraine. That's a different in facility- But is it? Because we're, we're, what we're doing is assisting and training their personnel to allow them to defend themselves. Are we military, uh, militarily And I think we've supported that. Uh, I believe that we're not. Military engagement, in my view, in my, in my experience, is troops on the ground in a conflict zone. We are not sending troops to okay, Ukraine. We are training, not sending troops to a conflict zone. Irish and that's a very important distinction. So can I, can I ask you this? Your opinion then is that Irish army personnel training Ukrainian soldiers to kill using weaponry, that's not engagement militarily, is it? Well, engagement militarily is is very specific in that it's engagement in a conflict zone. Mm-hmm. And as I said previously, and, and Mickey agreed with this, we have trained other members of other armies as well, predominantly the UK, and obviously the UK engage in other conflict but, but zones. So this is not the first this time is, this is that we've done this. So just, just to tease this out a little bit, and I do respect your opinion and I respect Mick's opinion, but just to tease out your uh, interpretation of neutrality, if an Irish soldier trains a Ukrainian soldier in the use of a tank or rifles or, or weaponry and that soldier then kills uh, in, a, in a war situation that's live right now, that's not military engagement, is it? That's not military engagement. Um, but we have always said all along in this in this conflict with Ukraine and Russia, we have not been neutral in terms of this conflict. We have been unwavering in our support for the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian government and their right as a sovereign nation to mm-hmm. defend their territory. We are not engaging in conflict. We are not sending troops to Ukraine. But we are with other colleagues in other member states as part of the European Union participating in this EU mission that will put a very small number of our personnel in other member states simply to provide training. It is going no further than Mick that. Barry, and we, it's not the first time we have done something like this. So this isn't an entirely new departure for the Irish Defence Forces. It's not completely new, McBarry. We don't have boots on the ground in the uh, jurisdiction where the war is happening. So this is still military neutrality. Uh, no, I don't believe that it is. Uh, it's As I say, it's the first time training a force uh, that is involved in a war uh, between uh, two nations. And it's not even... Um, you know, the, the, for, for an ordinary Ukrainian, um, this is a war of national defence against Russian aggression. Uh, and that's, you know, a, a, a spirit that the Irish people identify with. But increasingly, as this war gets bogged down in a stalemate and the likes of, you know, Zelensky flies into London appealing for help, etc., etc., there's more and more NATO involvement, US involvement, UK involvement, and NATO calling the shots. And in reality, that is the side that the Irish government are lining up with But isn't it also a war on democracy and liberty? The actions of the Putin regime in sending Russian troops uh, over the border uh, a year ago was 
you know, one of the most undemocratic acts that you could possibly imagine. And Ukrainian people uh, certainly have the right uh, to uh, defend themselves, arms in hand, against that invasion. The point I'm making is... But Zelensky, is, hang on, on that point, President Zelensky told the Erechtes and told various parliaments around the world that we are defending democracy and freedom for you. For you, he said. And do you not accept that point? And if you do, how can you reject what's happening here? I don't think the record of the White House and the House of Commons in defending democracy has been too good Stay over on point the last here. Stay on point. 30 years. Uh, no, because uh, these are the people who are supplying the bulk of the weaponry and who are increasingly calling uh, uh, the shots. We saw what happened in Iraq. We saw what happened in uh, Afghanistan. And I would be very wary about uh, what the outcome is likely to be if forces such as that are calling what the shots in this situation. Well, for example, uh, I think the more and more NATO get involved in calling the shots uh, uh, on on that side, uh, the more it becomes a conflict between uh, Russia, whose actions have been undemocratic and disgraceful, and NATO, and they're both nuclear powers. And the Irish state... Uh, should not be involving themselves yeah. in this okay. way, we'll, we'll even back, if we'll they say it's only a small Let, let's step. Park that. Let's park that for a second, because there's an awful lot. We could go down a rabbit hole on that one. You said this decision by the Irish government is undemocratic. Before I go back to Lisa Chambers, briefly tell me why. Yeah, well, I mean, we all know about the triple lock, uh, where uh, uh, an Irish military involvement uh, abroad has to be okayed by the government, by the Dáil and the United Nations. The government are saying it doesn't apply here because it's not a United Nations mission and it's a training mission, not a military uh, mission. There isn't even a double lock here. The government make the decision. The Dáil hasn't had a debate on it, yet alone a Dáil vote on it. And I would put the challenge out to Lisa, is that if, if you're talking about triple lock for some military uh, operations, uh, why would you not even have a double lock in relation to this and allow a Dáil vote on the issue? Well, good question. Why not, Lisa? Yeah, well, I just want to briefly address one former point that Mick made about, you know, agreeing that it's Ukraine's right to defend its territory, but wanting to take a hands-off approach. Ukraine have asked us for help. They've pleaded for help. They are a smaller country. They cannot defend against Russia on their own. They are at our borders. It's an EU border. It's war in Europe. We can't afford the luxury of sitting back and doing nothing. And I think playing our part as part of this EU mission is absolutely okay, the right thing point. to do. So answer the question. In terms of the, the triple uh, lock, There's a texture here. The Irish people did not consent to assisting in this war? Where is the referendum or what about our sovereignty? Uh, so what about a, a debate and a vote in the Doyle? I would have no difficulty with a debate. A vote is not required. There is no such thing as a double lock. The triple lock requires that where we have deployment of more than 12 troops to a conflict zone, uh, then you must get in UN Security Council approval and government and Iraq approval. That's what the, the triple lock requires. This does not fall into that bracket. This is a training mission. We have had previous training missions. We have not required the triple lock to be deployed. This is no, is no different to that. So there is no breach of democracy. The triple lock mechanism is not required in this instance. It's and the government has acted properly. It seems to be a little bit of a loophole because... Well, I would disagree with that. Well, well, let me ask the question, first of all. There is deployment of more than 12 Irish troops. Uh, There is a war ongoing at the moment. The Irish troops are being deployed to assist in an adjacent territory. I mean, splitting hairs here. Well, not really. I mean, it's a very, very key difference. Uh, An adjacent territory, that is not a conflict zone. And the triple lock is very clear. (laughs) 
you can take that view, Cormac. All I can tell you is that the fact remains for the triple lock mechanism to be deployed, it is for a deployment to a conflict zone. Why no this does not fall into this? that. Again, I've no difficulty with the debate, but I think the Minister for Foreign Affairs and the government are well within their remit as a government to mm. make this decision Will and to deploy one, those though? troops. Uh, well, that's a matter for the for the government to decide in terms of one? a debate in the Iraq. This, as I said, have no difficulty with the well, debate. I don't like think it will change one, things. Uh, well, we're having a debate now live nah, on air nah, nah, with two opposing views. I know drive time is extremely good, but it's not the parallel. Well, it is very good. It's got, a, it's got a wide listenership, Cormac, and your views yeah. obviously are very important. Well, I as know well. the two, the, the quarter of a million people listening here are valuable members. Of course. Well, what about the valued uh, 160 or, or odd members of the Dáil? Should they not have a speak? It's not about should or shouldn't. I, I was answering a question directly about the triple lock, and my response to you is that it's not that mechanism does not come into it because it's not a conflict okay. zone. If there's to be a Dáil debate, I, I have no difficulty with that. Let me ask you that. this one though, uh, Lisa Chambers. Last October, the Russian ambassador said that if Ireland provided any help to Ukraine to clear landmines even, it would result in the country being directly involved in the conflict. Are you putting Irish people at risk here? Look, in terms of the Russian ambassador, I think his credibility as any sort of spokesperson for his country, um, I just think that's not that's not a person that we are going to, to, be, to be listening to. Um, at this point, we've helped Ukraine so much. We are now home to more than 60,000 Ukrainian refugees. I think that that issue is, is well and truly dealt with. We know where we stand in this. We know who we stand with. We stand with Ukraine. We are in solidarity with Ukraine. There is a war in Europe and we are playing our small part in assisting the Ukrainian people to defend their state. So are you disregarding regarding that threat from the Ukrainian from the Russian ambassador absolutely yes why because I don't think that the that individual has any credibility because he has misled the Iraqis and the government on multiple occasions so even if he doesn't have credibility could he could the Kremlin still not view this as a risk and I, a can't, I, can't, I can't answer on behalf of the Kremlin, Cormac. Well, My point is that though? we have already assisted Ukraine so no, much and rightly so. So this. I think any suggestion that, you yeah. know, we, if we if won't you're relying, we, can I, I don't think this? we can back to threats relying, in that regard. If you're relying on the credibility of the Kremlin, you, nobody would have moved and do, or done anything in the last, uh, or the, the months preceding the war. The fact well, of the matter is they have acted in the way they have acted. Mm-hmm. Should we not take the threat that's clearly out there now from the Russian ambassador as a proper risk. Well, I, I'm assuming that the words in the Russian ambassador are coming from his superiors. Um, but you can, see the, you can see the response from the global community that, you know, we are not going to bow to those, those types of threats. Um, not only is the European Union mobilised to defend and help, with, help Ukraine, the US and the UK are with us also because this is a threat to democracy, it is a threat to European security and there is a threat to Ireland if we don't assist Ukraine in defending its territory. So, you know, it, this is not a pleasant situation. Nobody wants to be here. I want to see an end to the war in Ukraine. Yeah. But all we can do is play our part and do the moral, the, the correct thing and assist the Ukrainian people to help them to defend themselves. Let me to wrap, read a few uh, texts about this at random. No to Irish troops uh, training Ukrainians for killing others. If someone hands someone a gun and shows them how to use it, they, are they innocent or are they contributing to a war? Another, I believe that this is a breach of our neutrality. Is this a way of preparing the path for joining NATO? And one more, our neutrality Neutrality is not something that should be undermined without a referendum, says Anne. Mick Barry, Lisa Chambers, thank you very much indeed.